Hello there, everyone. Welcome to some more Tap Calf Transmissions episodes. Just the one for tonight, but maybe some other day we'll do two at once. Won't that be exciting? I'm your host, Corey. I don't know why I said any of that. Joining me, as always, <laughs> is my disappointed co-host, Eckhart Slatter. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Um, it was a, another another fun fun week of reading. I feel like I've, you know, learned more and whatnot, so always a, always <laughs> Done a good more. Day. I don't know why you just really reminded me of the trailer park boys there. I feel like I uh, I did done the more thing book in, learning, uh, Julian. Book learning, and uh, I heard about the internet this week. It was awesome. All right. Well, tonight's episode is about the Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. Uh, we will be talking about the Book of Boba Fett book or episode chapter two next week, and we're going to be talking about chapter two and three together. But before we get to the book, do you want to do like a, a Quick two-second thoughts on the Book of Boba Fett episode. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was great. Uh, the second episode, I, I liked the first episode a lot. I thought the second episode was a big improvement. Um, it's kind of like what I was hoping The Mandalorian would be in a way. Um, where The Mandalorian definitely got bigger than it started off. Uh, and I'm sure the same thing's going to happen with this too, but I definitely enjoyed the more kind of contained episode. Mm-hmm. Like the I mean, he's trying movie. to start a... Or he's trying to take over a galactic criminal syndicate, so mm-hmm. eventually you'd expect that it does get a little bit more broad. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, but yeah, I I thought the second episode was a big step up as well. So I, I enjoyed the first one, but I wasn't like super enthused by it. I wasn't like if the show was only one episode at that point, I wasn't like, okay, that was fun. But now I'm really looking forward to the next episodes, and mm-hmm. uh, I like what they're doing with. Even with the flashbacks, I think the connections there are cool. But uh, but yeah, so tonight, Fallen Star, the end of the High Republic mm-hmm. Phase 1. Uh, and they've said that Phase 2 is actually going to be set 150 go, oh, years Spoiler before. warning, spoiler warning. Just because before we... That's not really I mean, a spoiler, that's not a spoiler. Yeah, from this point out, though, from this point out. Yeah, the, the title of the book is a spoiler, <laughs> but... Mm. They're That's the weirdest thing everything. about this goddamn book. Yeah, all the advertisements for it, the title of the book, uh, they were like, "Yeah, the, I'm going to tell you exactly what's happening." Mm. No, I agree. Um, yeah, so you were saying the next, the, I don't know. I don't feel very satisfied. I guess is my my kind of opening thoughts. As you were alluding to the next phase, which will probably be, it could be one to three years. This. I guess all the High Republic's been a year now, right? Yeah, it's it seems to be a year per phase. But the mm-hmm. the first or the first phase three book is coming out in October, so I think it's uh, two books per year seems to be what they're going for. Because mm-hmm. it was uh, Light of the Jedi and Rising Storm last year, or Light of the Jedi, yeah, and Rising Storm last year. Because it is a new year. Uh, this year we got the Fallen Star, and uh, I forget what the next one's called. But then presumably phase two has books two and three next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's just it, for me, the story is kind of in a weird place right now. So brief, very brief synopsis, because you can sum up this book in the the. T- I don't have my my slip cover on, but you can sum this book up by the, the cover of it. Um, the the space station is destroyed. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. We did get a few questions. Maybe we should probably just talk about the the mm-hmm. phasing and the future of the High Republic first. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, we got a few questions about whether we think that Phase 3 is going to jump even further back in time. But what I think is happening personally, and let me know if, if I'm like way off base, if this is too hot a take for you. Uh, I think after Phase 2, they're kind of doing the, the background of the Jedi getting to this, pe- mm-hmm. this point. And then mm-hmm. phase three is continuing on with the Nile stuff from where we're leaving off at the end of phase one. Yeah. Yeah. So, and have they said there are only going to be three phases? I don't know. It seems like it. I don't know if it's ever been explicitly Star Wars said. confirms three phases for High Republic. So, yeah. Uh, so, there's Light of the Jedi, which is the first phase. Um, the second phase will be called... Quest of the Jedi? For, oh, God. Uh, Quest of the Jedi. And then the third will be Trials of the Jedi. Which sounds a lot more like, hey, 
everyone's dead. Uh, we're dealing with the rest of that stuff. Because it doesn't seem like Trials of the Jedi would be between what we've read mm-hmm. here and what we're getting with uh, with Phase 2, or that it'd be even before Phase 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I, I Yeah, so I think this is going to be Phase 2, like, kind of what you were alluding to, and this is kind of my issue, like... When I read book one of the High Republic, I kind of had these grand ideas of where the the High Republic was going to go. And I just, I can't help but feel a little disappointed at the scope of the story at the end of the first wave. Like, this was a very, like, intimate story in that it, well, intimate, kind of an ironic word, because there were, like, a million characters who were featured. But the story itself is kind of small in scope. Mm. Um, And I just didn't expect, like... My theory was that the... Uh, we talked about this a lot in our prior High Republic videos, but my theory was that the Nihil and maybe even Markeon Row were going to be kind of the stepping stone in some greater threat. Mm. Um, but it seems like this is pretty much it. That's kind of the feeling I'm getting now. I mean, obviously we'll learn more in the, in the third one, but... Yeah, and I'm not even sure if it, if like Quest of the Jedi has to be entirely in 150 years before because I know like the mm-hmm. first wave of stuff is because mm-hmm. the the first book is dealing with like Porter Engel, uh, mm-hmm. who was in the Rising Storm a lot, but yeah. it is possible also that the first book there is dealing with going into the past, but isn't like that the whole phase isn't necessarily that because I don't think they've like I, I listened to the the high Republic show anniversary edition today before we started. And I don't think I wasn't paying complete attention because I was working on other stuff while doing it, but I was trying to listen for Mm -hmm. whether they were saying the whole phase was that far in the past, but it seemed like they've only said the first, or they at least only confirmed the first book is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So maybe the whole phase is, maybe it's not, but it does seem like the, the Nile are going to be like the, the enemy for the entirety of, uh, the High Republic or whatever happens with these characters later. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I do assume that, like, Phase 3 isn't going to be even further back in time. I don't think they're going to no, continue no. that one. Just like, the, the way it kind later. of... Even the names, you can kind of get an idea. So it's like light or Phase 1, Light of the Jedi, kind of showing their zenith, I guess. Yeah. Phase 2 being uh, Quest of the Jedi, I guess, showing how they got to that point, perhaps. And then the third would be Trials of the Jedi. So I guess the the moment where the order kind of yeah breaks or some catastrophe happens. I just, I don't know. Like for me, it's really disappointing and I, I don't want to be too negative because I thought the writing of the book was, was pretty good and I like the characters and stuff, but the fact that the entire book took place on the space station is disappointing for me. Um, like I wanted to learn more about the galaxy. I guess I wanted the story to be bigger than it was. Um, See, I don't have that same issue because like I enjoyed the story for what it was. You say you and did or you didn't. It cut out when you... Uh, I don't have that same issue okay. with it because like there's so many other supporting things for the High Republic as well mm-hmm. that having individual stories be in a more contained area isn't a big problem for me because if you do want more of that, like a better idea of what's mm-hmm. going on in the rest of the galaxy, there's allusions to the stuff going on that's that are mentioned in the book, but you don't need to know it for understanding the book. And if you do really want to know, there are those other books and comics for it. Because like, there's a few mentions in here of mm-hmm. what's coming up with... Uh, is it Daniel Jose Older that's writing the YA book for it? Uh, I think like, so, yeah. The stuff going on on Corellia gets mentioned once or twice here, mm-hmm. and it's about, and that's what that's about. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I, don't, I don't have quite the same issue with it. I there. just like... I don't want to have to read every YA novel or comic. Like, I want to experience... And I, I guess that's maybe I guess maybe I'm coming from it from a not a fair angle, but like just this this trilogy of books, like the main novels, they just I guess they didn't have the kind of epic scope that I was hoping for. And like, you can't only lay that on the third book, but it's just for me, it's like I was kind of hoping for a bit more each time, and I don't know if I got it. Like I get what you're saying, but I, I do mm. think that when like the complaint is that you want to know more about what's going on in the galaxy and there is that it's just you don't want to engage with the other stuff it's like, not that i understand I want, yeah but i wouldn't say it's that i want to know what's going on in the galaxy it's that i want the story to have a bigger um like 
I don't want to know what's going on on Corelli. I want the story to be more involving, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like for me, if, if I were going to write this book, I would have had the space station just be a portion of the novel. And then kind of like, I just feel like this wasn't a, like, I want to see, you know, the rising action. Like, I want to see the story ramp up. And I didn't really feel like that kind of happened, mm-hmm. I guess is what I mean. Um, right. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily care what's going on on Corellia or on the other planets. Like, I'm sure those are cool stories. But, like, for me, it just doesn't feel like for this big epic kind of opening of a, of a big event that there's been enough going on yet. Like, in terms of what the threat is or... Yeah, like, in terms of what the threat is. Like, to me, destroying Starlight Beacon doesn't seem like it's nearly as big as the hyperspace calamity in the first book, for example. Um, yeah yeah like it's a symbolic thing obviously but yeah I don't I don't know if I agree there because of what they're trying to do with the story or like what they're trying to show with how Starlight Beacon goes wrong because it Mm -hmm. part of the point of what they're doing with all of it is like it it's not just some big assault or some galaxy-wide mm-hmm. assault that's the problem it's mm-hmm. that these small actions by these individuals get overlooked mm-hmm. and that is what ultimately causes the problem that they're mm-hmm. that they're dealing with and they keep doing that throughout the book they keep running into those issues mm-hmm. so i think if they tried to make i agree and that that is that's good and like they are like, I like, for example, how, like, they need the radiation suits, and for some reason the radiation suits are on one part of the station. Just shows, like, how fucking dumb the Republic is and, like, how, like, lazy they've become. And, like, I find that interesting, but I guess I guess my main point, if I were to kind of sum up my, my main complaint, is that I was waiting for a hook to, to get me really right. invested in phase at, at first i thought phase two i was waiting for hook to get me really invested into phase two like i was waiting for marky on road to have his call with you know the darth sidious like character or to to show that there's some greater plan or some some kind of mystery on the outside and i think the fact that i didn't get that hook right would have been a problem like it's i still like the book on, on itself i want to make that clear I, I still thought the book was good um for me, though, it becomes more of a problem when we now know that Phase 2 is, right. is at, at least partially going to be set, you know, in the past. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, I I think that leaving it how it is here, I think the the book in its form would have been a much better introduction to going into the next phase mm-hmm. as, like, what is the fallout from this? Because that's what's mm-hmm. really interesting about uh, about Starlight Beacon being destroyed, like like you're saying, less than Starlight Beacon itself being destroyed, mm. is what is the impact of that going to be on the Jedi, on the Republic, and now that we either... But they haven't said we're getting the, the rest of the story later, but like presumably we are in Phase 3, the fact that we'd have to wait a year and a half to continue that and are doing this. Mm-hmm. I bet you're wondering how I got here moment at the mm-hmm. end of Starlight Beacon crashing down. Yeah. That, I do agree, is not... Not like if you're gonna do that, maybe make phase two, phase one, and then mm-hmm. yeah. I, I guess they were trying to set it up as like, oh, this is the big problem we're facing, so you get the hook there. But I think I think you're right that the hook kind of misses when it's left uh, on this note for at least that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like there are definitely some some interesting bits too. Like the leveler, I think is a is a is a cool idea. I thought those scenes were really interesting. There's definitely that is one hook, kind of where I think isn't that what they're called, the levelers? Uh, I think so. The yeah, creatures. Like I, that's an interesting idea. Where are they coming from? What's going on there? We we know a little bit, um, but it's just like it. And I, I don't want to kind of belabor the point too much, but for me, like phase three is still like it also still kind of has the same central conflict that we've all kind of known has existed since the first book. The Jedi have to eventually destroy Marky on Roe. Um, and, and yeah, like, like just, if you compare it to like, I, I guess the original trilogy, you know, destroying the Death Star is the goal of the first movie. I, I guess that's not really a good comparison because that's a whole trilogy, but I, I don't know. It's like, for me, I wanted it to, them to elevate the threat, even just the threat that was to be dealt with in the future, I guess. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Or at least have some hook. Yeah, the, so, do you think that we'll still end up with some kind of hook back into the Sith at any point in it? Honestly, I, I don't know. I, I definitely thought we were getting one. I thought we were going to get one in this book, actually. Um, that's what I... When I like opened the book and kind of flipped through and saw an epilogue, that's kind of what I was expecting there. Um, but I don't know. What, 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 are, what are your thoughts on that? I've kind of been thinking since part of the Rising Storm and early on in this, like, could Elzar end up being... Mm-hmm. one of the sith lords of the period like mm-hmm. i don't because if they were i don't because he does he does this whole ocean meditation retreat mm-hmm. with uh orla, orla yeah. and he thinks he's got it under control and then he does what he does with chancy at the end where he mm-hmm. kills her where that was like, a good he seems to have I, such I a should big give, i should give that credit that was yeah. really well done like I, I think Elzar's story is probably the most interesting. I mean, they killed everyone else off, so it's hard to... <laughs> he wins a bit by default there, other than Avar. But uh, like they, they talk so much in this about how, uh, how Stellan is supposed to be their pole star. And like they're, they're kind of... Him and Avar's kind of guiding light, almost their moral compass... And then Stalin's dead. So either they go the mm-hmm. with some like metaphorical route where like, oh, he's dead, but he's still part of the force and then he can still act in that role. Or that's kind of a inciting incident for Elzar to kind of go off the deep end a bit because he's he's seems like he's made all this progress. And then he has that moment after refraining the whole book. But he's thinking at the end, I need to tell someone what I've done. Mm-hmm. And then we don't actually get him telling Avar either. Yeah. He just wants to get that little snooky snooky. <laughs> a little kissy kissy. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Um, he's definitely the most interesting character. Um, I gotta say, when I read this book, I this, I think this is probably the same as when I read the second one. Completely forgot who Stellan Geos was. <laughs> he's so bland. <laughs> I and keep like, thinking of him as like the almost a parody character, like mm-hmm. the one who you'd see a parody of at least. Yeah, and like I was reading the Wikipedia, and I was like, I was like, okay, like remind me like what this dude's been up to, and it's like it only goes up to book one, and I was like, ah, oh, shit, like I'm fucked. <laughs> um, I kind of remembered a bit more as we went along, but yeah, I do like there's there's other things I like about this book too. Um, they bring in a lot of obviously a lot of the characters from the other novels. Some of which we would have known, like Nan, um, and some of which we wouldn't. Like uh, I assume that some of the Sylvester would have been from in yeah Out of the Shadows or Into the Dark, the second one, the one we haven't done yet, Out of the Shadows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but but I, I like for example, I I think I'm really glad that we did read the one we did because I really liked Leox and Geodin, um yeah, and Affy. They were cool characters, so it was it was actually nice to see them focus. Like, because a lot of people probably are just going to read the three main books, and they're not they're in the the young adult novel, right? So yeah, a lot of people would have missed them. But I think Leox's kind of fake out death at the end, especially, was a fun moment, and you would get very little, I think, from that if you hadn't read that book, because a lot of the I think kind of personalization of that character and whatnot comes from that other novel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it. I think like anyone who does enjoy uh, the adult novels, I think would probably enjoy the young adult ones as much, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like the one we've only done the one. Uh, we haven't done Out of the Shadows. Uh, I have it. I haven't read it yet, and mm-hmm. we obviously yeah, haven't read uh, the next one coming up. But like, I, I don't find them to be substantially different from. Mm-hmm different in quality or importance to to the main ones like i think if you did read this enjoyed it and found yourself at like if you thought leox and affy and geode were interesting like probably go read the other ones yeah the only thing that i guess i found frustrating about kind of the integration is the way the dren gear were were handled Mm -hmm. um where like they've been touched on in the like alluded to (coughs) excuse me in the three main novels, but like never really more than that. Like in the second yeah. book, we see, um, I forget what her name is. She's fighting a Dren gear, um, at briefly at the beginning of the book. Yeah. Um, 
And it, they seem like an interesting enemy, and we even get them kind of mentioned a few times here, but they're all handled in comics and stuff, which I guess is like, ultimately, if you're going to try to make a big multimedia project, that's going to happen. But that was kind of my personal uh, disappointment, because I thought the Drenger right. were a cool idea for an enemy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it does kind of mention that Avar's handled them off screen, which mm-hmm. I think would have been, would be, it probably is perfectly fine, but like, we do yeah. get that one fight scene with it, which kind of draws them into the story mm-hmm. of this. So then if you're only reading this, it's like, okay, what the hell happened with that? Yeah. Uh, if it had just been like, oh, Avar's off doing that in the main three, and they don't tie in at that point, then it's, then it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was kind of like, dangled in front of you and then it oh you gotta go do the other one for that story either include it or don't mm-hmm. oh agreed but I, I was kind of wondering like when i was reading this one how would people who had who didn't read those other ones feel about leox affy and that's kind of what i was wondering too um because like they definitely did like a job of making them interesting characters but obviously you know there's less to work with if you're only reading the one novel so yeah they, i'd be curious to hear that too like, just if people had any real understanding of who they were, or... Like obviously, they wouldn't know who they were from the other stuff, but, like, whether mm. they whether they landed the same way for people who did read that versus people who didn't, or is it just, like, a few pages mm. of, like, okay, who the fuck are these people? But Yeah, yeah like, this book definitely doesn't... Um, doesn't necessarily hold your hand when it comes no. to, like summing up what's happened and that was like my thing with stellan like i couldn't remember very much about him yeah um i didn't yeah. remember orla or uh i, I did remember her because she was one of my she was one of my favorites i was surprised that she was killed off at the end too yeah i, I remember her after like once we got the association with affy mm-hmm. uh, when affy said oh orla's my friend is like oh yeah you're the one from that book which made sense after the fact but mm-hmm. uh yeah, there's a lot of like name dropping of characters, and you kind of got to wait until there's a relationship you recognize to get it. It's like mm-hmm. Nibisek, I wouldn't have remembered anything about other than like, oh, Briaga said that's yeah. his master, and I know who Briaga is. Yeah, but yeah, Orla, I just remember because she was an Umbaran, and they always describe her as yeah. white face, white clothes, white lightsaber. Yeah, um, she gets uh, she gets cover billing on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this cover is really weird. It has like a weird, I don't know, like quasi like computer generated look to it. I don't know. It does. Now that you say it, it does almost look mm. like the uh, almost a '90s show aesthetic to it, mm-hmm. like, like reboot or something. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna. Yeah. I didn't want to say reboot because I don't know if people outside Canada know what it is. Mm-hmm. But that's a yeah. Oh, you've seen that. You must have seen that picture too of the Yuzhan Vong shaper, where it's like right. Yeah fully like computer generated yeah I, I know what you're talking about yeah that, that mm-hmm. I, I wish you hadn't said that because i didn't see it that way i thought it was like mm-hmm. i thought they all look kind of muted but yeah it, it, it no no i can't it sort of that. looks Thanks. like that sort of looks like it's supposed to be like i don't know like charcoal or i don't know it's, <laughs> it's weird <laughs> yeah it's uh it's it's it, it's been thrown. I'll, I'll hold it. I'll hold this up so anyone, uh, yeah, listeners can't hear it, but the yeah, chat here at least can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Elzar's Elzar's definitely been a fun character to follow. Uh, I gotta say, him murdering that woman at the end definitely was like one of the best emotional reactions I've yeah. had from where like I felt like his pure like. It's not anguish. It's like it's regret and like just like I fucked up. Like yeah. I made this massive mistake that I can never take back. Yeah, and it, I I think it's done really well because it's like it's something where it's so clear immediately that he has fucked up and he mm-hmm. knows he's fucked up and everyone knows he's fucked up. And it's like oh, you've done this morally reprehensible thing and you've screwed mm-hmm. everyone over. But like it's also totally understandable how he got to that moment and how that happened. And it's also too because he spent the entire novel trying his hardest, working his ass off to like fix himself because he's been having the touches with the dark side. So he's been working, you know, to to not like to come to terms with the fact that yes, he's always going to have this aspect of his character, but it doesn't need to like it doesn't need to take over him. Um, and then at the end, he just fully gives in for two seconds and just yeah. 
fucks himself. I mean, it's also a totally reasonable assumption to make. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, these people were in, they were arrested for being associated with the Nile. You went to talk to them. You were here at the one thing that you can do to still fix the, the station and you see them there. What are you going to assume? It's like the people who actually did sabotage the station were there and were stopped by the people you are now seeing. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. Um, it's a lot yeah. more relatable than Anakin going to a, a, a camp outside of a city to slaughter an entire population as <laughs> yeah. far as a dark side slide Just goes. Just because he wasn't. To- he wasn't he wasn't ha- he wasn't having a good day um yeah so that, that was good and now he's got you know he's also got deaths on his hands too like just the yeah. people that were in the station that couldn't be saved because of him um and yeah it was also like the i do like the the moment where you've <laughs> you ever seen um hereditary uh, i don't think so well there is it's a very disturbing movie um, it's a horror movie. I, I've had enough disturbing movies recommended to okay. me or not recommended to me bit, by I'm gonna, you. I'm going to give you a bit of a spoiler, okay? Is that all okay. right? Yeah, that, okay. that's fine. That's good. So, the movie's Just keep most that in shock- mind next time you tell me what to write an essay about. Okay. The movie's most shocking moment is he this this kid takes his, his sister, his little sister, to a party. Um, and she, on her way at the party when he's off, like, doing drugs or whatever... Uh, she bites a cookie and the cookie has peanuts in it and she's allergic to peanuts. So the guy is trying to drive home with his sister or to the hospital or whatever. And she's got her head out the window trying to breathe Mm -hmm. and she gets decapitated by a road sign. And it's like, it's very brutal, but the way it handles the trauma of like that, the boy goes through reminded me a lot of this because he fully like he does not know how to react he drives home he parks his car in the driveway and he goes to sleep with like his sister's body in the car very dark but it kind of reminded me a bit of how alzar is at the end of this where he's like this thing just happened to me that's like almost incomprehensibly bad and i just can't deal with it right now so he's just like i'll just i'll just hug the woman i've been fantasizing about all book yeah Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, that's, but that's kind of yeah, that's what it reminded me of. It's a great mental image, thank you. It oh, it's a it's it's a very disturbing movie, but it's it's very good as well if you like horror movies. <laughs> and then he turned his sister into a walrus. No, then the next then the next shot or one of the next shot is like her head on the ground and it's been like eating eaten by flies. It's gross. Mm. It's got Tony Collette in it, and she's really good. Hmm. Yeah. All right, maybe next week we talk about Hereditary. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of deaths, though, what did you think of the, uh, the way that characters are swatted away in this novel? I like, after the first two, I was like, okay, well, this is just, everyone's just going to die now. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm mostly fine with it. Uh, I figured from the start, like either Stellan, Alzar, or Avar is going to die in phase one. And I, I thought it would actually be Stellan last book. Like, I thought he would just die in the last book. So, uh, he lasted a book longer than I thought he would. But I I think Buryaga's alive. We were both talking about this beforehand. Yeah. But it's pretty gratuitous. And it's like, okay, is this why you introduced so many characters? Because you knew you were just going to slaughter a lot Mm -hmm. of them. Which is fine, but it's like, it it also... For a while, it seemed like there were some that were going to be off-limits. Uh, which I I thought would probably be like Bell and Buryaga, but then they kill they killed Buryaga. So, mm-hmm. who was the first guy that died? I I could not remember who he was. Uh, I don't was know. Just like some Jedi Master. I don't know if I was supposed to know who he was. He must have been like a comic character or something. Regald mm-hmm. Regald, I think his name was. Yeah, Regald is what they call him in the audiobook. But yeah. what's his? Let's ask if uh, Wikipedia knows whether he's shown up in other stuff. He was in... Okay, he is from the comics and then... Uh, oh, first appearance, voice only in the High Republic 9. Uh, so, yeah. it 
for all intents and purposes, he seems to be uh, new for Fallen Star. Mm-hmm. Okay. It so. was a like that was a character where like the, I found the second book had this problem a bit more because there were even more characters in that. Yeah. Where like when I'm reading a Star Wars book, it's a Star Wars book. Like I listen to the audiobook for this one a lot of the time. You know, I don't treat this like I'm reading War and Peace. I'm reading uh, you know, I'm reading a Star Wars book. So I've got a certain amount of mental capacity for character names and like once you get past like nine it's just like the next one in is replacing one out it's like yeah yeah there's like so like he, four he characters that kind of stick there. together yeah uh he was actually he was growing on me for his brief time with us mm-hmm. uh i thought he was fun mm-hmm. enough but like he was definitely a red shirt as far as that goes mm-hmm. it did feel kind of like some of the additional characters meant bell got a little bit shafted compared to how prominent he was in some of the earlier stories. Like he, he had a few moments here, uh, but it does seem to just be coasting on the same reaction to Loden. And now uh, his next part of his story is probably going to be something to do with finding Burry uh, mm-hmm. to kind of redeem himself from that. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, yeah. I don't know how, how I feel about, um, Bell, like I feel like I remember Bell partially because he's the focus really of the first book. Yeah, I don't know if he's like earned it. You know what I mean? Well, it just he he gets that first book focus, and then he's he does a little bit in the second book, and then mm-hmm. he kind of comes more into focus when you get closer to Loden coming back. But yep. then for this, he is uh, he doesn't develop that much more. Like he's still uh, he's obviously still mourning with the whole Loden situation and feeling responsible for that but that state for him doesn't change the entire way through he gets his his win out of the uh out of the saving the medical wing but maybe it's partially just because like the next phase doesn't continue off from where we are and it'll be so long before we get whatever continuation his development has Mm -hmm. but yeah it does feel like he gets a little bit left by the wayside for it yeah and it that's it's kind of strange too because they did start of from what i remember start him with the kind of interesting plot arc in book one where he is really failing at a lot of these things like flying i remember or like i think gliding to the ground wasn't that one where like his yeah where um he's trying to learn how to like jump out of a out of a out of a starfighter i think is the thing um yeah so i would have liked to see kind of that kind of plot arc continue and maybe see in a, in a more evolution of his character but well, there's only so much time yeah like it's definitely showing him being more capable mm-hmm. but he does kind of like get left with uh Loden's capture and then he kind of coasts from there mm. but, yeah. yeah and um the the writing too for all three books has been quite different um so Charles Soule, I believe, wrote Light of the Jedi, right? And yes. that book was like kind of the opposite of this in that it was sometimes like unnecessarily sweeping. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, like a lot of it was talking about how the characters saw the forest through different currents and stuff, which I really liked. I thought that was cool. Um, but in this, like, and this is almost the opposite where you're getting pretty much solely perspective of characters um and like kind of a literal usually like a literal representation of what they're seeing so i'm not trying to say that as like a, a negative or a positive just um it's, it's just a different difference worth noting i think and yeah maybe that works like i i do think if the first book had started off like this in the in the phase one it would have been a little weird because you do need to sort of get that expanded scope for an opener but yeah well now um, that you mentioned it i think uh with the different ways of seeing the force, like Avars is the one that comes up a lot in here as mm-hmm. well. Like we get Alzar with the ocean, Avar with the, the song. Stalin uh, has sh- the stars. Yeah. And with Avar, she's another character, even more than Belle, that got like a lot of focus in book one and then just kind of disappears after that. Because uh, mm-hmm. like she goes at the end of book two to... Uh, to find Lorna D, which is going to be its own story. Uh, but like at the end of book one, she's the 
uh, the Marshal of Starlight Beacon, so she doesn't show up in book two, where it's mostly that festival. Mm-hmm. And she's another character where, like, if you only read the adult books, and I, I haven't read any of the comics or any other stuff where she's doing more stuff, like, mm-hmm. with so many characters introduced, it's really hard to uh, mm-hmm. to not just have her grouped into that mass of characters that you kind of don't have the same connection to by the end, despite the fact that it's the relationship between Elzar, Stellan, and uh, and Avar is so important. We never really see all of them together, uh, yeah. other than like one or two scenes in the first book. Yeah, um, that's that's an interesting point for me. Like, she almost takes on this like legendary quality, mm-hmm. um, where it's like you you hear a lot about what she does and you do see her a bit in the first book, but even in the first book, you're not always seeing things from her perspective. And later on you're hearing like all about her, like it's just, she's just kind of an interesting character, but I I kind of like in a way that she takes that on. But like in this book, especially I felt like she didn't follow through with that. Like, I don't know. I guess I was expecting more when she showed up. Um, Yeah. Well, especially when there's such a big importance placed on like, uh, how the relationship between her and Stalin is fractured, and like there's the fact that they they don't reconcile is obviously interesting for its own reasons, but mm-hmm. their relationship is one that kind of takes place almost off screen, and we're told it's this important part of like how they're interacting and how they relate to each other, but uh, we never really see that in practice, either when it's going well or the fallout from when it's going bad. It just is this kind of thing that sticks in the back of Stellan's mind where it's almost like a feeling of inadequacy related mm-hmm. to what uh what Avar is doing or like wondering why she can't just see that he knows what he's talking about or whatever mm-hmm. and like towards the end he has his own recognition of how he'd been approaching it poorly but we never really see Avar's side of that we never see Avar's side of mm-hmm. really anything and I, I think that's something that we kind of miss out on yeah no I agree I think that's a good point um, I can't help but feel like if uh, if they ever did a High Republic movie, she'd have to be played by uh, Brie Larson, who everyone, who all the like the anti Disney people hate, because she just looks so much like her. Yeah, and I just feel like Brie Larson in High Republic would just make people millions of dollars and and hate the. Yeah, they're fucking grifting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know that it'll actually make them more because they they already make so many videos and so much money off the videos saying she's been fired. Like, does she actually need to be hired for them to make more? Would that even really change anything? Well, I guess on one hand, you're also kind of... (coughs) On one hand, you're also kind of um, (laughs) limiting your amount of topics because you're compressing two into one, so... Yeah. Well, yeah, they they can't talk about Marvel and Star Wars separately then. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) My buddy messaged me about the book of Boba Fett. This is a kind of off topic. Well, it's super off topic. It's about as off topic it's, as possible. It's a Star Wars podcast. Who cares? Yeah. And he was like, I think Marvel ruined people because people aren't willing to just watch. And I guess this is kind of tying into my complaint too, ironically, uh, where he's like, they're not able to watch a show unless it has like some bigger hint for like yeah. what's coming next, like a post credit scene or whatever. And I was like, yeah, it's like nobody's interested unless Thanos is like testicles like menacingly like off in the distance (laughs) (laughs) and i I guess maybe that's like a a bit of a criticism in a way of my own critique of the book and the in phase one as a whole like maybe it's fine that there's no big sidious testicle in the background but yeah i think there's some other criticisms in other areas that i won't explicitly name that it kind of ties into where uh, less your thing and more like not caring about stuff unless it's adding into something else mm-hmm. where if like a series ends even then suddenly the stuff in it is invalidated almost I don't know mm-hmm. yeah yeah like the emotional journey of the characters and stuff yeah it, it, it's it's worthwhile on its own it doesn't need to be leading into something next but mm-hmm. so I think that I think that ties in less to what your complaint was I think your complaint yeah. is uh more valid on yeah because it is it is ultimately this is the end of one arc um yeah like this is a story that is very much unfinished Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah. So, what else do you want to talk about for this book? It was shorter than I thought. I finished it last night, which is usually I finish books the day of the podcast, but I had this done last night, and I was kind of surprised. Yeah, so there's... Uh, I guess the the only thing I really want to say more on that would be just to be a bit more explicit. Like, uh, I'm kind of like what I was talking about with the Drangir and what you were talking about with the Drangir, is mm-hmm. that I... I like that there's the other stories happening in the mm-hmm. other mediums. It's just that when so much of that ties into an important part here directly, like, yes, Avar does get explained, expanded on in the comics, but because she's so central to the stuff going on in the books, there are a lot of people who are only going to be reading the books. And to, that's the area where I think it's a lot more valid to say, like, I don't want to yeah. have to go and do the other stuff because the story should be able to stand a bit more on their own. And when Avar is such an important character to what's going on here, not just in what she does for the Jedi, but how she's relating to Stalin and Elzar is supposed to be such an important part of the story, then I think you need a bit more of her in these books to show why that matters or what that looks like. Yeah, that's always like the the tough issue with Star Wars is like, I mean... I guess it's less of an issue, or maybe not less of an issue, but that, that, like, you've got to make something that fans of all levels can enjoy. So, like, the the Mandalorian deals with this when, like, character like Ahsoka is introduced. You need, like, if I ask my my Star Wars friends, how many of them know who Ahsoka is? Like, pretty much none of them. Um, But, you know, you also got to make stuff for people who have watched the Clone Wars and read a bunch of novels. So that's definitely a hard... um, yeah. A hard, I don't know. Well, I think with to to get, but well, sorry, go ahead, continue. Uh, even with the Drengear, it's like those are technically different stories, and it's a different crisis happening. I think the way they hint at that is largely fine, even though like the uh, mm-hmm. it, it does pull it a little bit more in, and then you kind of left wondering whatever happens. But it's it works as more of an advertisement for that. But with the Avar stuff, I feel almost as if it's like. They took the Clone Wars and made it two shows where you mm-hmm. have one show that follows Obi-Wan, one show that follows Anakin, and you're always told that these are characters that are important to each other, but one mm-hmm. never shows up in the other show. I think it's a bit more like that. Yeah, and I think it's a bit frustrating, too, if you're somebody who does get really... Well, I mean, I imagine if you're someone who does get really involved in the comics, like, if, if you've read every comic about the Gear, I mean, I, I don't know, is it frustrating, then, that... It's essentially been relegated to a side story. Because um, I feel like at some point you've got to know that the storyline's not going somewhere. Because the books are ultimately the, the biggest attraction. The comic sells a lot from what I understand. But yeah. I, I think I don't think it's unfair to say that the books are kind of like the movies of the the series for now. Like the three main books are definitely the, the main attraction, I, I think, anyway. Hmm. Yeah, it does kind of mean that you end up knowing that the uh, the main thing in the comics probably isn't going to impact mm-hmm. uh, the wider galaxy as much. But I think one of the one of the things with doing uh, doing a series that's set at in this time is always kind of going to be knowing what you're heading towards, anyways, and that like obviously the Drengi aren't going to take over the galaxy. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the the thing that's going to have the biggest impact is is obviously the Nile and the uh, and the the kind of degradation of the Jedi Order. So because mm-hmm. the Nile aren't really the big galactic threat per se that the Drangir no. would be if they succeeded. The Nile, if they succeed, are eroding trust in the Republic. And we know that works to some extent, or eroding mm-hmm. the position of the Jedi Order. So the question of, like, how does that work? How do they end up getting to that position? Is going to be a bit more far-reaching than, like, do the Drengir come back or the Emaxrin or something? Yeah. And we know, like, no, there's not a bunch of trees taking over the galaxy in Episode One. Yeah, and I think that was kind of, like, my ultimate worry when they announced the timeline. Uh, I know we talked about this kind of back in the first episode about the High Republic, but... I would have, like, that's kind of one of the reasons why I would have liked to maybe then push it back, say, 500 years, even, or a 1,000 years. Obviously, you start running up into other potential stories they could have told, mm-hmm. but it does, they, they, they've got to find a pretty interesting way to make the kind of ultimate threat interesting or 
impactful when you know that they don't take over the galaxy or all these things don't happen. So it's got to be like, for me, I always assume that the kind of, I always assume the High Republic would end with the good guys losing on some level, whatever that means, and either the Sith Lord that's kind of running the rule of two at the time, gaining some big advantage or, or uh, inflicting this kind of crippling blow into the Jedi Order that won't really uh, show up until the time of the prequels. So, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it necessarily would have to end with like something Sith related. Like I brought up the Elzar mm-hmm. thing, but I think even if that happened, it would be kind of a, an extension of the character that goes beyond whatever the direct impacts of the story are supposed mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I do think it's still going to end with some, a victory, a victory of the Republic, but where they've clearly given up something for that victory that undermines it in some way. Mm-hmm. So like defeating the nail, but they've lost themselves along the way. Yeah. Which is kind of what happens with Elzar here, where they didn't get the best victory they could when evacuating Starlight. And it's because of his inability to, to manage his anger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anything else you want to talk about the book? Do you want to give general thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I think I'm good. Do you want to give your rating first? Um, so, for those who don't know, we rate on, a, on an F through S level with c being our normalized average um it's hard for me because i like this book and there'll be a link in the description Mm -hmm. i believe for the yeah i I I think i forgot to include it last time anyway um or no maybe i did but okay it's in it's in the description on the video here at least it should be on the podcast as well It's, it's hard for me because i'm ultimately a little bit disappointed with and not even how the how the phase one ended, but the kind of idea that this is the ending and phase two is going to be back in the past. Or so that's a bit disappointing to me, but the book itself was good. Yeah. If I could give it a C plus I would. Um I'm gonna give it a B. I'll give it a B. Yep. Yeah. Uh yeah. I'm landing at B as well. Like I'm I'm not going I am disappointed that it is going to be so long before we get the actual continuation of the story. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold the book accountable for it as much. Yeah, that's but, fair. Uh, that's kind of that's always the kind of difficulty with stuff like this. Like, yeah, with Bane, we dealt with that a lot as well. Where it's like we either like or we don't like a lot of what's going on in this book. How do you compare yeah. that against? Yeah, and I like I, I'm kind of taking it as a positive sign for the books themselves that I that I do care that it's going to be so long before finding out what happens next. Mm-hmm. Like I do really like Elzar as a character in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've enjoyed the stories we've had so far, rising storm and uh, alphabet squadron three were my mm-hmm. favorite star Wars books in a while. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just pulling up the list here to look up the, the rankings for the other high Republic books we've done. I think we do need to fix the like the displayed page for it. Yeah, I'm gonna take it down with it this weekend. I think. Yeah, because I think it's generated out of the other options, but we have a few cut off. But oh, we don't have a rank- ranking for Light of the Jedi up for some reason. Uh oh, that that might have been one of the ones that we missed. Need to go when, back and get uh, when Seamus was sending them in. But okay, I think we both gave it a C. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that one. Or did we give it? We might have. Did we re rank it? I don't remember talking about it in the re-rankings. Yeah, I don't... Oh, yeah, no, here it is. High Republic, Light of the Jedi. Uh, I, we both give it threes, so Cs. Okay. Or, yeah. no, a three's a B, isn't it? Because S is one, A is two, three is B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That... Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anything else you want to yeah. talk about? Bees? Any other general thoughts? Bs for both of us. We do have... Do you want to get to emails? Yeah, sure. Uh, um, let me just pull it up on my phone. There were a couple that I was going to respond to in email form, mostly questions about like uh, stuff we've either already covered or we're going to cover. Okay. Uh, we did get a, a recommendation from Jeff to talk about Lost Stars for Valentine's Day, which I think we pretty good potentially idea, talked about. Yeah, that's yeah, a good so, idea. Maybe we should do that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll try to line that up. Um Our first email then comes from Joel, regular emailer Joel, who says, Today I bring a thought and a question. 
For thoughts, I've realized when it comes to the High Republic stories, I prefer the YA novels over the full-on adult ones. I like how the YA and junior novels are more character-driven, which is more on my wheelhouse than the larger event novels. As for my question, do you think that going back in time for Phase 2, they are subtly easing canon and audiences into the Old Republic and preparing for something bigger with that era as well? I never thought about that, but no, I don't really think so. I, I guess that is one thing that will be interesting, though, but... I guess learn more about kind of the ancient history, but I don't think that's their intention. Uh, so Chad is correcting us on our, our rings. S is six and F is oh, we got it. We got okay. it flipped. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, sorry, I, I missed what you said. My <clears throat> so I don't think that's why they're going back to to kind of yeah show us more about the old republic now. Yeah, I think they're still unsure themselves about how much they want to bring in or not from prior stuff. Because, like, the big thing is leaving themselves open to tell whatever stories. Because, like, KOTOR mm -hmm. is going to be coming up, so there's going to be, obviously, renewed interest in even older stuff. But whether that means they're going to try to pull it in directly, it's still staying as a Legends, uh, like, in the Legends timeline, uh, mm -hmm. how it was. But whether they're going to try to build any stories around that, who knows? I don't mm -hmm. think they want to tie themselves into that too much. And I think after High Republic is done... They're going to jump to post-Tross. Uh, yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised. They were probably doing High Republic when they did to kind of leave breathing room after the sequel trilogy and mm -hmm. then do uh, something post-sequel trilogy next. So that would mm -hmm. be my thoughts at least. Yeah, on the YA thing, that is basically the difference. The difference in between like YA, and we've talked about this a million times, but and this is something Alex kind of explained really well too. YA is really just about... It's it's a similar story told through the the life of a kid going through like that transitional point in their life. Usually, yeah, that's pretty much how you like like star by or star by star is Lost probably stars. not yeah star by star, star is probably star. not a YA maybe yeah, I mean it's your typical growing up and getting murdered by dogs story. I mean, in a way, it's kind of a YA novel at parts. Um, yeah. So, yeah, great question and comment. Um, let's see. So we've got... Okay. Adam asked... So for a while there was... So Adam asked, do you think Phase 3 will take place chronologically after Phase 1? Or do you think that it's even earlier? I think it's definitely going to take place after Phase 1. Yeah, yeah. I think we're both on the same page with that one. Mm -hmm. uh, we... uh, we've got one from Darth Crofts who says... Dark greetings, my friends. It's Khalil again. I just want to thank you for reading my email and wanted to let you know how much it meant. My godbrother has recently been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. One of my good friends in high school had Crohn's. Definitely not a... Definitely a very difficult experience. So, best of luck to your godbrother. I also just dropped my sister back at college with my family. I love listening to your podcast as it helps me get through it all. I also wanted to thank you for your birthday wish. One more thing. I got the Throne of Sensi books. Want to know if they're good. We covered all three of them. I think... Two people, two very reasonable people could read the Theron Ascendancy books and <laughs> either put it as ones or sixes. <laughs> yeah, which is almost what we did, except we both ended up on the same number for both of them, for all three of them anyways. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it sounds like I'm higher on them and you're lower on them, but we ended mm -hmm. up ultimately liking them around the same. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're good. Uh, it's like our periods are syncing up, but it's our yeah. book ratings. <laughs> they read more like a source book than uh, than a yeah. than a novel almost. Yeah, they're so, lacking a bit on the drama, um, <laughs> but you learn a lot about navigation and yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Like they're almost they're a bit more like a, a first person history, a, a narrative history novel. Or it's like Star textbook. Wars if so it were what... realistic, like Star Wars, like. <laughs> It's like you could have Star Wars told by Charlie, which is Star Wars, and then Star Wars told by someone who lies <laughs> less, which is the Thrawn books. <laughs> I I don't know if you had the uh, the stream Charlie was doing open at all last night. I had it open in the living room while me and Dana were working on stuff, and there was there was something Charlie said that was like I think it was he was talking about when he went to to go and see you and he was talking about it as like oh i went to look at houses and he was like that's not why he went and it's like no well he he did go and contact the guy at the house he stayed at so dana was very confused by a statement but i was like yeah if that's the biggest lie charlie's told this week we're doing all right yeah that's not how that works <laughs> oh bro <laughs> 
But our next question comes from Justin, uh, who asks, For Christmas, I got the entire Thrawn trilogy. The Heir to the Empire I got being the 20th anniversary edition nice. with a special novella. Uh, just finished reading the novella, and it made me wonder something. How much of the Empire of the Hands equipment is just Imperial equipment? Given how the only thing Thrawn used that wasn't Imperial was a small troop transport, was also a clothing store rack, seems a bit like it's mostly Imperial equipment. When we see Thrawn in live action, do you think he'll just have Imperial equipment, or do you think he might have a more diverse set of equipment? Um, Which novella comes with it? Mist Encounters? Uh, I think... I'm not sure if it's... I don't think it's Missed Encounters. I think it's one of the ones with... Uh, fuck. With, like, General something, his face. Oh, Crisis of Faith? Is that the one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's set earlier on in him getting sent to the Unknown Regions mm-hmm. uh, when, like, it's mostly an Imperial expedition before he set everything up. Uh, mm-hmm. The longer it goes on, the less resources the Empire has, so it... They can't really send anything in. So when we see the Empire of the Hand later on, there's more like Chiss and Alien involvement and the Imperial hardware and people are just like a, a smaller part of the command structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, I don't think there's going to be any involvement of non-Imperial assets when he throws up, no, when he shows up in so. live action. It's like when he takes over the Empire in Legends... He's just coming back from the Empire of the Hand. Mm-hmm. He's taking over the Empire. It's none of the Empire of the Hand stuff involved. This in time he's been yeeted off into space and with his fleet and trying to build yeah. back up, it seems. Yeah, and like had another author come around. You know, like, the amount of anything in, Empire, in the Empire of the Hand would have changed dramatically depending on which author had spoken about them next. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, Troy Denning... Uh, thankfully didn't make it just be, oh, the Empire kept sending 30,000 Star Destroyers out there and they built more mm-hmm. of their own stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, all the chess and by the hand stuff turns into a mess. Yep, agreed. Uh, do, we, do, do we have any more questions? I don't think there were more. No. I told you guys a lie because I said I would check podcast reviews before the episode. And I completely forgot, so I'm going to check right now, see if we've gotten any new fun podcast reviews. Let's see. We've got well, some really that. good ones. There's no, uh, there's nothing that's coming out in the near future, right, book-wise? Uh, I don't think no- so. Yeah, it'll be at least October before the next High Republic. I'm not aware of anything else that's upcoming. Yeah, it's kind of a, it seems to be kind of a quiet time for books. There's a... Pretty sure there's like a junior novelization of The Mandalorian coming out if we're really desperate, but let's see, well, Star Wars. I mean. It'll be a, a good time for us to continue on with the reading, especially when we've got uh, mm-hmm. a show to do every other week. So we got, a, or if we do a show episode every other week, then that makes sense with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next week we're going to be talking about Book of Boba Fett, chapter two and three. So the stuff we saw this week, as well as whatever's coming up next week. And then after that, do we finish the Corellian trilogy? Mm, yeah, maybe. I think so. We... That'd be the twentieth. Yeah, probably should. All right, so that'll be showdown at Saunter Point. Mm-hmm. Speaking of big space stations happening, we're going from Starlight Beacon to Center Point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that'll be the twentieth. The thirteenth is Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. So, two episodes to discuss next time. Um, Have you been enjoying the new Wednesday time for them? I don't know what weekdays are at this point in my life, so I don't know. I I do like it better for the podcast because we don't need to, like, push it up to talk about uh, Mm -hmm. Friday night. Yeah. It's been been nice being able to maintain my usual working schedule and not having Mm -hmm. to reschedule the podcast. So, I like it for that, but I think that's irrelevant to most people. So, yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you have any emails or any questions, or rather, questions or comments, you can email them to us at tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. That's T-A-P-C-A-F transmissions at gmail.com. Make sure if you enjoy this podcast and the things we do uh, to leave us five stars on your podcast service of choice and leave us the kind, kindest, funniest review you possibly can with your words, please. And maybe just some like some sound if you want to 
put in a, a sound clip in there. Yep. If you can do that, that'd be great. All right. All right. Goodbye, everybody. S stay high. <laughs> <laughs>